And good afternoon, Paul River. Another rainy day. This is CJMP News, and we're broadcasting from our Paul River studio on the coast of the Sailor Sea in the traditional territory of the Klamath people. On today's show, we look at who is helping who in Paul River, as many residents go out of their way to help when needed or as a matter of course. We spoke to two people in town who are helping some of our most low-income residents. We also hear from Zoe Lutsky, board member of the recently new Community Media Advocacy Centre, which he helped form over the last year. All this and more on CJMP News. Today's show is hosted by Carrie Swigum and me, Peter Harvey. Hi, Peter, and thank you, and apologies for that technical uh, glitch at the beginning, which no one noticed. Uh, well, that was my mouth. It was, the switch was on, but nothing was coming out. So we've got um, some exciting news today. Um, we're, we're talking to uh, Larry Giroux from the Salvation Army and Savannah D. from the Food Bank. Uh, but first, uh, there was a press release that was sent out this morning from the city, and it's regarding a affordable housing development has begun um, in the planning stages. So I'm just going to hmm. check out the press release, uh, read it a bit from it here. Um, so the Powell River will be the site of a new 27-unit affordable housing complex with construction to, it says, quote, hopefully begin in the spring of 2017. Good. Yeah. Uh, I hope with the press release that it's more than hopefully. <laughs> but um, uh, it, this is part of uh, a um, proposal that Inclusion Paul River submitted to the B.C. government under their uh, affordable housing program. And now they've gotten word that it's actually going to go forward. And uh, so the original plan for the housing development was to situate it on a property um, that Inclusion owns on Duncan Street, uh, it sounds like the city of Paul River will now see if a land swap can be orchestrated um, uh, on city-owned land. So that's exciting. Uh, it will be on Ontario Avenue in the Alberni Street neighborhood. Uh, Maggie Hathaway, Councillor Maggie Hathaway, said Inclusion Paul River stepped up and will be the first ones creating some new affordable housing here. And there hasn't been any new housing starts of this variety for, quote, quite some time. And I um, did a little research before this press release came out um, and know that it's been at least 15 years since there's been any new housing uh, apartments being built. And uh, further, um, Lilla Tipton, who runs Inclusion Paul River, said that BC Housing is, is expected to be in Paul River in the next coming weeks to look at the property and negotiate with the city in regards to the property exchange. And once the agreement has been reached, work can be done on the drawings for the new housing complex. So 27 units. Truly something to be thankful for. Yes. And speaking of being thankful, do you get to celebrate Thanksgiving twice? You know what? Actually, it's, <laughs> I, I like to say thanks a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. I've heard from people who listen to the show, I say thank you too much. Excuse me, I got a little it's, upset. Um, <laughs> it's been Canadians rubbing off on you. <laughs> I know. No, but uh, actually, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't generally celebrate it. I like to see pictures from my family who, yeah. who are celebrating without me. In America. Yeah, it's more about families get. I understand it's the biggest travel day of the year, like more than Christmas, or, or occasion, I guess. Uh, for, and more people travel to be with family on Thanksgiving than they do for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's probably true. But many <laughs> of your fellow Americans celebrated Thanksgiving yesterday, including protesters in Standing Rock, South Dakota. Ironically. Ironically. And Jane Fonda helped serve up an appreciation dinner to over 300 demonstrators against the pipeline and manned in North Dakota. Turkey, I expect, as, as a commentary on the situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, 
The president-elect has yet to be seen. Donald Trump owns stock in several companies that are trying to get the pipeline built, including Energy Transfer Partners and Phillips 66. Trump's stake in the pipeline company is modest compared with his other assets. Ethics experts say it's among dozens of potential conflicts that could be resolved by placing his investments in a blind trust, a step Trump has resisted. And I, I want to, I think there was a line skipped. Um, according to the Washington Times, the Obama administration said this month it wants more study and tribal input before deciding on whether to allow the partially built pipeline to cross under a Missouri River reservoir in North Dakota. But Trump mm. will be in that White House soon, so who knows what, who will, knows happen what will happen there and how Indeed. that will affect Canadian policy as well. And that is your CJMP News Briefs for Friday, November 25th. You are listening to Powell River Community Radio on 90.1 FM and streaming online at cjmp.ca. And stay tuned. (laughs) Go ahead, Peter. Oh, stay tuned after the community announcements when we'll hear from the woman who's leading. We're feeding 1,000 people a month at the food bank. Okay, it's just one of those Fridays, you know, where... Um, I am looking through the script for the URL to um, put it, open the link. <laughs> and when you do, it will understand it'll be, I assume that's base monkey and not bass monkey. Because that would be a fish and a monkey. That would be kind of weird. And the song's called Renegade the System. Artist from Courtney called Bass Monkey. His, excuse me, Bass Monkey. His role name is Michael O'Donnell. The track is Renegade System, and he'll be at the Red Line tonight, along with two other DJs, Lalu and M Dash, starting at 9 p.m. Don't miss the Paul River Poetry Slam. Uh, that's from 7 till 9. The doors open at 6:30 p.m. And the admission is a donation. And they suggest five dollars. And at the end of the night, the poet is selected as the reigning word warrior and is immortalized in name on the one and only Slam Medallion. The top three poets go home with cat, with a cash share of the door. All ages are welcome. All skill levels are encouraged. Come compete or just come and enjoy. Everyone is welcome. You can register to compete by emailing powriverpoetryslam at gmail.com or you can sign up at the event between 6.15 and 6.45 p.m. Here's some sweet tracks. And the time is now 8 minutes past 12. And if you're listening to our rebroadcast on Saturday, then the time is 8 minutes after 11. It's currently around 5 degrees outside and will top out at a blazingly hot high of 7. And cloudy skies and obviously rain because it's still raining. And Saturday will be 7 with rainy and very similar conditions again for Sunday. And Groundhog Day lives on.
uh, use of local food banks is at an all-time high in BC. Across the province, this is the third year in a row that the number of people accessing food banks has increased. And the last tally, which was in March of 2016, shows more than 100,000 people accessing that service in this province. However, it's often the last resort for households who are struggling to make ends meet. And the number of Canadians going to food banks has gone up almost 30% since the 2008 recession. So for this week, we went to our local food bank to talk with the manager, Savannah D. And she gave us a snapshot of what they do and what the need is like here in Paul River. Savannah D, the new manager. So we do give out uh, food. You're allowed to come once a month. And there's at least 25 meals in a bag for a single person. And we have bags for two people, three in a family, four. And our boxes for five and up. Fellas here make uh, up the sugars and the rice. I buy everything on sale. And uh, also one thing they never did before was a lot of these people have animals and there was uh, never any food for them too. So I now give out a little bit of cat food and dog food for those who, because animals are such a comfort to people and uh, they need to be fed too from the poor household. We're trying to, to afford a commercial fridge and freezer because our fridge has diapers in the bottom to soak the water up. You can't really put anything but bottled water in there. When people donate their money at the local grocery store, I get a, uh, a card every month uh, good for that store to buy extra things. That's when I buy the toilet paper, some cat food, dog food, um, things, lunches, if we're, we're out of snacks for children's lunches, juices, uh, applesauce, then uh, uh, I'll buy that, or if coffee's on sale, you know, maybe a couple times a year, and then I'll buy like 10 cans of coffee, and then we bag that up also. We separate it and give everybody a little bit of coffee. And this year for Christmas, we've been putting away uh, cake mixes and stovetop stuffing, uh, pumpkin uh, for pumpkin pies, um, cranberries, just to give a little something extra. Uh, a lot of people on disability, we have a lot of elderly people on pensions and uh, a lot of families. Our, our uh, 50 cases of beans that I got at Save on Foods got a super deal, four for five dollars. So right away, 50 cases, because beans are a staple and protein for people. So the boys today have, have taken out the uh, old stock, which we'll use first, and then the new stock. And all of this has been purchased on sale at uh, the local stores in town. And uh, some of the numbers so far for November, um, we've given out over 230 hampers, but we have over 600 uh, people that access the food bank, which would turn into over 1,000 people, including all the families, spouses, and children. The number of children fed this year, uh, this month, have been 105. We've had 18 new clients. And uh, my staff and volunteers and myself have worked 118 hours uh, while the food bank was open. And we also work and spend a lot of time while it's closed. And we've put in over 60 hours closed. You could tell by the number of new clients that uh, the increase is there that come in. Just this month alone, 18 new people have come in, be it families or singles or, or whoever that are in need and can't make ends meet.
We don't like to turn anybody away. Um, I haven't yet because everybody is under the poverty line that uh, has come to apply. So if you're unsure, just come on in and talk to me. The open hours are always on the door on the calendar. And that was Savannah D. of the Paul River Food Bank. They are open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 10 to 2 uh, from the months of September to June by appointment during July and August. And it's located behind Eco Essentials at 6812 D. Alberni Street. And now we've got a guest in the studio who wants to tell you what's coming up um, in the next week, a couple of events. Well, I don't know about the next week, but uh, anyway, uh, to do with the food bank, uh, there is a food bank swim fundraiser today at the Powell River Recreation Complex. Uh, from 7 to 9 p.m., uh, you'll get a free admission, or free swim admission, uh, with a do- donation for the food bank. Uh, t- today also and tomorrow, uh, the Powell River Fine Arts Association is having their annual Christmas sale, which is at Timber Lane across from the Brooks High School track. And that is from 2 to 8 p.m. today and uh, Saturday, November the 26th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. All right. And that voice is Roger Thorne, of course, who does Slack Tide on Sundays from 10 to noon. And Peter will read out a few more announcements while I answer the phone. Yes, okay. Um. Yes. Well, I can do that if you like. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you kind of caught me by surprise. I was napping. And there is also uh, tomorrow, there's the Uptown Market on Saturdays from 10 till 12, which is the CRC on Joyce Avenue. Uh, also tomorrow at the Recreation Complex from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., which is free, is the celebration of cultural diversity. Okay. And did you mention the Lund Christmas Craft Fair? Of course I didn't. Is that tomorrow? It is <laughs> on Saturday, yes, yes, November 26th from 10 to 4 at the Italian Hall. Yes, I quite often go to that. I've forgotten about it. Well. Yeah, don't miss it. It's full of original things to give as gifts. Yeah. And, and good food, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went last year, got a little washcloth with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle <laughs> embroider on the corner. It's beautiful. Didn't know you were a fan. And it was like a toonie. You can find anything there. It's reasonably priced, too. That's the, the other good thing about it. Anyway, moving on to other news. Uh, Larry Giroux is a community-based outreach worker with the Salvation Army locally. He works with people in the community in need of food and shelter. And as a person who lived the experience of homelessness, he has spoken locally about the topic and continues to be an advocate. Community groups and local politicians have begun a working group to tackle the issue of accessible housing in Paul River. Which we just heard about. Which we just heard about. That's right. It's actually beginning to happen. Uh, The initial meeting happened on October the 25th. And there's another schedule in the new year on January the 10th. Rising property and rental values combined with low vacancy rates have made the need to tackle this issue immediate. And we were just talking about um, what's, what's possibly needed here in Powell River. Uh, it's, it's still in its infancy stage, um, but I, you know, there is people out there committed to trying to work on the issue. And, and, and so we'll see in the future. So that was Larry Giroux. Some ideas that came out of the meeting were a cold weather shelter and possible homeless count coming to Powell River, according to Maggie Hathaway. Here is Larry Giroux talking about the work he does. In, in Vancouver, where I used to work, um, they started the, the Housing First initiative. It's house the people first and then we work on the other stuff. And that's, that's another thing that we, I see is needed here, right? You know, so, yeah, we're working on that. 
So I know you want to be clear about the distinction between your views versus the Salvation Army. This is not, you're not saying the Salvation Army views, this is Larry Giroux's views. Yes. But I, I want to um, ask you, as a person with lived experience of homelessness, um, what kind of ideas do you have for this area that you see that might work? The one, I, the one idea that I'm looking at right now is what's being uh, looked at in Vancouver, and that's a shipping container housing here. Uh, I've done a lot of research on the internet, and uh, I think it would work here in, a, in, a, in its own Powell River way. Um, we're not going to say, like, in Vancouver, we're not going to say like they do over in Europe, because, like, there's housing over in Europe where there's, like, 1,000 units, shipping container units, right? In Powell River, um, I, I, I could see, now we don't know for sure, but I'd like to see it, um, is like a small little, not a gated community, but a small little community, a supportive housing um, uh, shipping container community where you know you give them all the supports and then you know and after a certain time you can work your way out of it right back into you know a productive member of society so like a transitional just affordable housing place for a while transitional supportive yeah yeah in in no sense there could be many different ways right you know it all depends and it's power river based not uh, Vancouver based or like I said in Europe based it's, it's it's however whatever's needed here in Powell River we'll work with that but it's it's supportive yeah have you been in a um, shipping container house before do you think are they comfortable personally I have not been in there but from my own experience when I when I was homeless myself before um, I went from the homeless shelter into their supportive housing that they had in Vancouver. I was there for one year. Then we moved into uh, a BC housing run building in Vancouver, and that was 350 square feet. We had our own bachelor apartments, brand spanking new. It was nice. And that's where I met my now wife, and I love her. Anyway, so uh, then we moved on to this couple's place because they found out that we're getting married. And and then we move from there into Powell River here. And so now we own our own home here in Powell River and stuff. And so to me, it was like the, the, the gateway, the stairway to out of poverty, I guess you would call it. And it was, it was awesome. And so this is what I would like to see for the shipping container things. And so through my research, what I have found is that um, you can get a, either a 20-foot or a 40-foot container, and you can have it minimum... Uh, of two places, uh, two hundred fifty square foot apartments in there, and for you know single people out there, that's basically all you need. You're giving them the the the, the bed to sleep on, the, the roof over their head, and the washroom and the cooking facilities to cook for themselves, and that gives them the dignity to feel like, hey, I'm human again, right? And so this one design that I was looking at. Um, was showing that, you know, 158 square feet. And, and I think that would be great here. And they're portable, like they're doing in Vancouver, so I can see that working here. But um, we'll see. We'll see in the future. <laughs> so your wife is from Paul River, and you guys sound like you're doing really well. That's awesome. Um, is there something about this town that inspires the work that you do? It's, it's such a friendly, small town, and I love it. Everybody's so loving and caring here in Paul River. And... So, and the people that I meet doing the work that I do is it, it, no different. They're, they're, they're good people, they're happy people, they're just having issues. And so, from my, my, my life past, um, has basically inspired me to do the work here, and that's why I do that work here, is, is Power River people are great. Can you talk a little bit about your past, I guess, that's informing what you're doing now? Um, spent some time, well, you grew up in the East Coast, right? Can you... 
Originally from the East Coast, I, uh, I moved here to BC in 2005. Uh, I went through a divorce and I came out here to start a new life. And I ended up at the Salvation Army and um, I was in their homeless shelter. I was homeless and um, it was at that point where, you know, I, I need to make some change in my life. And I went through some of their programs, life skills and uh, boundaries and communication skills and stuff like that. And, and it helped me with my self-esteem, and which was one of the most important things I was lacking in my life. I felt like I was uh, a low life. I was uh, a nobody, right? And so all those things that I learned in that program helped me to build up my life again, which is where I'm at now. And so right now you're also um, taking money as part of a kettle drive. And so tell us about that. Where, are you, where can they find you? Well, uh, officially on Friday, um, December 18th, or November 18th, my apologies, um, we are starting our kettle drive. We all have five kettles open at uh, different locations here in Powell River, and we're looking for volunteers to, to ring the bells. Uh, it's only two-hour shifts, so if you have any family, friends, or any businesses out there that would like to... Uh, get involved in ringing the bells this year, that'd be much helpful. Um, we have what they call the adopt-a-kettle thing, and it's where the businesses take over a, a kettle for the day, and you get uh, all your staff together and man the kettle, and we'll have a po uh, an advertisement of who the business is for that day, and yeah, hopefully it'll be a great day. What kind of things does the kettle drive fund? Locally, every every penny that's put into the kettles here locally, it, it stays here in the local community. Um, it's to feed the community. Um, it also pays for what the work that I'm doing in the community. Um, uh, there's just many other things that go on here, the social services here in Powell River. Yeah. But it stays all locally. And how do they get in touch if someone wants to sign up? They'll get a hold of me at the office, the church office, at 4500 Joyce or by my cell phone. Uh, yeah, my cell phone number is 604-414-4102. Okay, well, great. Well, thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And that was Larry Giroux, community outreach worker at the Salvation Army. And, of course, that story was done by by our very own Carrie Swiggum. Thank you for that story, Carrie. Oh, you're welcome. And if I may, which I'm, I always go off script. I'm sorry, Peter. <laughs> it's all uh, right. Uh, the cell phone number he gave out, um, he did say that it was his um, phone number only for the kettle drive, too. So if you want to call and are worried about reaching him at home or whatever, he said it actually it was de dedicated to the kettle drive. So Okay, so only if you want to... Uh, volunteer okay and, volunteer and and they were all looking for volunteers yeah, all the yes. way up until christmas so. yeah it's great if you pick the liquor store location you can kind of scowl unapprovingly at people that you know as they walk in oh, right. or, or, or if they walk past without donating okay anyway maybe we should hear some more music okay. i think there's a vancouver island band called tower of song queued up and the music is in city and in forest Everybody knows that the dice are loaded Everybody rolls with the fingers crossed Everybody knows that the war is over Everybody knows that the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed Poor stay poor and the rich get rich That's how it goes And everybody knows 
Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows that the captain lied. Everybody's got this sinking feeling, like the father or the dog just died. Everybody's talking to the pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stemmed rope. And everybody knows. Everybody knows that you love me, baby. Everybody knows that you really do. Everybody knows that you've been faithful. Honey, give and take a night or two. Everybody knows you've been discreet. There were so many people you just had to meet without your clothes. And everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that it's now or never. Everybody knows that it's me or you. Everybody knows that you live forever when you've done a line or two. Everybody knows the deal is rotten. Old black Joe still picking cotton for your ribbons and bows. And everybody knows. Everybody knows that the plague is coming. Everybody knows that it's moving fast. Everybody knows that a naked man and woman, just a shining artifact of the past. Everybody knows the scene is dead. It's gonna be a meter on your bed that will disclose what everybody knows. Everybody knows that you're in trouble. Everybody knows what you've been through. From the bloody cross on top of the Calvary to the beach in Malibu, everybody knows it's coming apart. Take one last look at this sacred heart before it blows. And everybody. And now we all know that everybody knows. And that was Tower of Song. Uh, and that was a track from the Stacks, I believe, that Carrie plucked that one out kind of at random. That's true. Uh, but it's from our local mm. music um, category. We actually are somewhat organized, even though it looks fairly disorganized. Today notwithstanding, perhaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we get a lot of music sent in, and I, I like to play mm. it when I can. So. 
Stay tuned after these messages. We'll be back with the interview with Zoe Lutsky. And uh, an in-studio guest sounds like he's going to pop his head in soon. So make sure uh, you listen to see who that is. Stay tuned. You are listening to CJMP News on Powell River Community Radio, 90.1 FM, and streaming online at cjmp.ca. Live Fridays at noon and rebroadcast on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Your voice, your community. So, Kevin, what is Radio Happy Hour? Radio Happy Hour, from what I've come to know it as, is a gathering at uh, CGMP uh, Tuesdays between 3 and 5 p.m. 3 to 5 p.m. Tuesday. Okay, good. And and what exactly happens there? So far today, I've learned uh, some of the technical side of radio, as well as meeting new people and understanding what the function is of radio here in Power River. C'est magnifique. And the location is at uh, the station headquarters? Right here where we are right now. Excellent. In the moment. In the place. And if you're familiar with CGMP, you probably know Zoe Litsky. She was the program director here for about four years, and now she's a board member of the Community Media Advocacy Centre based in Kingston, Ontario. And we caught up with her just before she left. I'm here today with Zoe Litsky. She is a board member of the Community Media Advocacy Centre and uh, there's a conference coming up this week in Kingston, Ontario. It's our AGM, actually. It's the AGM, okay. The Community Media Advocacy Centre is a fairly new organization, is that right? It is. We've been around for uh, just about a year, and in fact, this weekend will be our first annual general meeting. And can you describe what the group is? Absolutely. Uh, Our focus is to support Indigenous and community radio practitioners and stations to help them engage directly with the CRTC, uh, in particular around um, when the CRTC releases calls for comments on uh, policy. So we have, for example, as an organization, commented on uh, the community TV policy, which was just reviewed and uh, put back out again in about six or eight months ago. And uh, I feel like this organization is a bit of a watchdog for the CRTC. But at the same time, we're working to create uh, a, a network, working to create spaces for Indigenous media practitioners to network and to uh, talk about w- the state of media right now, what are their needs, and what does the future hold for them. So the conference that you mentioned, the main um, purpose of that conference is, in fact, that the CRTC has announced that they will be reviewing the native broadcast policy in 2017. So, And what does that mean? Well, the CRTC is the Canadian Radio and Television Communications Commission. This is the organization, the government group that controls everything to do with radio, TV, and communications in Canada, which includes the internet and cell phones. All of the frequencies that you hear about, all of those things, everything is decided by that commission, the CRTC. So uh, it's a rather large and important group, as you can imagine, uh, especially in this day and age of of technology and communication. Um, And the CRTC uh, is not 
necessarily the most transparent organization. Even how those commissioners get those positions is um, interesting. But in terms of native broadcasting policy, um, is that related to Canadian content and what? Uh, no. Again, this policy, so there is the broadcast policy, which applies to all media, and then there is the native broadcast policy, which applies to native broadcasters and native licensed stations. Okay. Thank you very yep. much. Mm-hmm. Um, so the... Oh, if I could clarify further, yeah. mm-hmm. there is a corporate media license, then there's the community media license, and then there is the native licenses, which are further divided into A and B. Okay. So that's pretty complicated. It, Sounds like it. Primarily, these conferences will, will also bring... Um, uh, there'll be a main one in Ottawa, and then there'll be regional conferences in all of the regions that the CRTC has... And so there will be a BC regional conference, and that will gather practitioners from this area. Uh, and in fact, we've recently agreed with the uh, Hamalco Nation, which is Campbell River area. They've just received a native broadcast B license. And uh, so the Hamalco Nation will be starting up a radio station, and they've agreed to host the BC Regional Conference. Oh, very exciting. It's very exciting. There are so many uh, Indigenous media practitioners along the Salish Sea, from Bella Bella all the way down, but of course even up into the Yukon. Um, People like uh, Banshee Hanus is an incredible um, documentary producer from Bella Bella, and she also uh, works at the radio station called New Hulk Radio. Um, they've just uh, released a podcast series about how smallpox was introduced to the New Hawk Nation. Um, her radio station focuses primarily on broadcasting in their language. There's the Cortez Radio. Um, uh, there are several people, including Kenny Hanus and others, who have been working in the language and having a radio show on Cortez Island for a number of years now about, again, the language, revitalizing the language. Um, Janet Rogers is a very well-known, uh, she was the poet laureate for Victoria, but uh, she's also an incredible performance artist and poet. Um, she does a radio show called Native Waves Radio. She just released a series podcast called Indians on the Airwaves, which documents the history of Indigenous media practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um Gennargi O'Sullivan, somebody on the island uh, who works tirelessly in Indigenous media. These are the kind of people I want to gather. And our organization hopes that these people will get together and then from there they can be ready when the CRTC says, we're opening comments, we've got the funds together, they've got their thoughts together, and we get them all into Ottawa and they make the comments to the CRTC. Can you tell me... Why, I mean, this seems like maybe an obvious question to some, but um, why is diversity important in media? Well, I think what's important in media is to um, represent your audience, right? I mean, even from a marketing and money perspective, you look at who is my audience? Who is going to be watching this? And if we look out into Canada today, we see that the largest growing population is actually the Métis people, but that the Indigenous population is rapidly growing. Um, we see that by, what do they say, like 2050, everybody in the world is going to be mixed race. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, this is, y- you, target, <laughs> you target who's out there. Well, well, we're out here. 
There are a lot of people with disabilities out there. There are a lot of people of color out there. And it would be great to see ourselves on TV. Um, and, and so that's just, I mean, that's kind of what I see is like, we're out here. Why wouldn't we, why shouldn't we be represented? Right. Um, but if we need to go beyond that, um, people who have different lived experiences bring different ideas to the table. They bring a different perspective. When we look at, for example, BC Musician Magazine, if I can be so bold, Mm -hmm. BC Musician Magazine, I just saw a copy of it out there. Last year, Sarah Fahey was the editor of that magazine. That magazine was filled with content by, for, and about women, indigenous people, musicians, artists, everybody. I see this magazine now. It's a new editor. Every contributor is male. And every single photograph in that magazine is of a white person. Sarah Fahey brought a different lens because of her lived experience. This person brings a different lens because of their lived experience. And one of my primary questions to people in media always is, who is not here? Who is not at the table? And why? Who wasn't invited? Who did we forget? These are critical questions to ask. But if it is the same people with the same little echo chamber, as they say, that's sitting around the table, we're not going to get any new ideas because there won't be a new perspective. If we look at the world today and say, like, climate change, we don't have the answer now, then we better start engaging with people who think differently to get a new answer. Well, good luck at your conference this weekend. Um, And thank you so much for coming in. It was great to talk to you, Zoe. Thank you. And that was Zoe Lutzke, who was the board, who was a board member of the Community Media Advocacy Center. And another good story by Carrie.
up and shout That old train comes late And I come walking now Low on trouble Trouble on your mind Can't be satisfied Lord, I can't keep from I can't be satisfied Lord, I can't keep from I can't be satisfied Lord, I can't keep from And that was Joel Farford from his album Cluck Old Hen and the song I Can't Be Satisfied. And while we were sitting here listening to this lovely piece of music, we realized that he's actually from the Sunshine Coast. All so right. Local. Good swing local through talent. Powell River sometime soon. And now we have a live guest here who um, is a bit of a surprise because we just contacted this, me this morning. That's how radio works. <laughs> uh, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but we have Chris McDonough here who is a Villa soccer executive. And um, Villa is a program sponsor of CJMP News, and so it's great to have Chris in the studio to talk about the team. Um, and so I met Chris um, as a reporter at the Peak when I was uh, covering soccer for them last season. Um, he was a head coach at the time, but now has moved out of that position, um, but still likes to be a booster for the team. So basically, um, can you kind of just let us know, um, I guess, what the last game was like and which was home, right? Yeah, our last game uh, against um, uh, the Fred Milne Park Rangers out of Souk, and uh, we're, we're currently um, battling with them at the, at the bottom of the table to uh, avoid relegation to the third division. We're in the second division, so it was a, a big match up at Timberlane Park, and uh, uh, end result was a 1-1 tie, and um, a couple of our newer players uh Played played a big role. We had a, some youth guys uh, that we called up for the game, and uh, uh, Colin Bolhalzer uh, scored the winning goal uh, with about ten minutes, or sorry, tying goal <laughs> to get us back uh, in, into the game, and uh, eventually salvage a point, uh, which was um, uh, pretty big uh, to stay, you know, above the bottom of the table. So okay. So when we met, um, I knew absolutely nothing about soccer, and you helped me figure out the, not only the game, but also our local team, which mm -hmm. I now have an appreciation for. And last week we gave away um, tickets a and, nice, and a nice scarf, and a scarf uh, <laughs> to a winning caller um, who did know the answer to the, um, the year that Villa started, right. which is 1973. Mm -hmm. So somewhat long history in Paul River. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, 43 years, um, and, you know, the club has uh, been in up and down the divisions, uh, had, had a pretty good run in, in the first division where we were uh, one of the top teams in the province back in the, the 90s and early 2000s, and, um, you know, currently we're in the second division, and uh, a bit of a, a rebuild this year, getting, uh you know, bringing in some younger players, and, and it's it's always a challenge uh, with the demographics here in Powell River to uh, you know find young players. That, you know, a lot of the kids when they get out of high school uh, move out of town, and um, so yeah, it's a, it's a challenge uh, keeping a keeping a team up in the top divisions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Paul or Villa has been in the Division Two for two years now. Yeah, this is our second uh, year after uh, coming out of Third Division a couple years ago, and. Um, so yeah, we're, we're uh, you know hoping to maintain that uh, status there this year till the end of the year. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Peter, do you ever watch soccer? Not really. No, um, I know it was pretty big. I grew up when I grew up here. I mean, I certainly remember the Villa team and the yeah. Slam and Braves. Slam and Braves. Yeah, they were and another big team. They, they were kind of a, the two powerhouses in the 
local scene. Yeah. But I confess I haven't been watching much of it lately. And mm-hmm. if I were to watch soccer or football, I'd probably watch Man U. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite team over there? Uh, yeah, my, my favorite team's Liverpool. So okay. it'd be like the sort of arch rival of Manchester United. Yes. Them's <laughs> fighting words. Yeah. Well, you said you brought up a couple youth to play, um, and they're from Powell River as well. Yeah, they're youth uh, from the youth system here. I think uh, they play on um, one of the high performance league teams out of Campbell River, but they're local kids that travel uh, back and forth for games. So. Uh, it was good to get them, you know, a home game here because they, they basically travel every weekend. So um, it, it looks good uh, going forward, uh, you know, bringing up local kids and getting them involved, uh, and especially talented ones like the ones we had. Uh, they, they they have uh, hopefully a bright future for us. Okay, great. And um, I was going to say, um, how many games? You're about halfway through the season. Yeah, just, uh, just over halfway. Um, so we have uh, an away game this weekend down in uh, Victoria against uh, Van Trites, who, who uh, I believe is in third place. So they're one of the top teams looking to get promoted up to the first division. So uh, it'll be a, a tough challenge. I think uh, when they were here back in September, uh, we tied them, or they beat us one nothing in a pretty close game. So hopefully we can, uh, you know, uh, get a result down there okay. on uh, that Sunday Sunday afternoon at noon. Uh, Finlayson Park if anyone's in the Victoria area okay. <laughs> we do get a little following <laughs> out of town usually so oh great yeah. some maybe maybe if you have youth with you you've got parents coming with uh, there might be uh, yeah there's sort of ex power river rights that live uh, on the island so a lot of them come out to watch the games down there so okay Good. yeah all right. Well, and the next home game is after that then uh, December Sunday next Sunday December 4th 1 uh, 30 p.m. Uh, against Prospect Lake think that's right okay well okay. if you're unsure maybe if you're listening out there just swing by the field at we're on 1 30 on sunday and just see if the if the team's playing and if you want to come it's a pretty cheap uh afternoon right yeah and good luck good luck yeah. this sunday thank you all right well thanks for coming in yes. thanks appreciate it all right bye
Idol, Hot in the City, from his greatest hits album, or from our tracks from the stacks <laughs> here at CJMP. The one, the only Billy Idol. And thanks for Chris McDonough coming in today on a whim. It was nice to talk to him. It was. Always nice to have someone live in the studio with us. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be saying something. Um, I understand BC Ferries actually, oh, BC Ferry, excuse actually me. turned a profit. Yes. I or just, was that just a rumor? <laughs> no, I got a press release in my inbox as we were sitting here listening to music. Uh, it's, a, it's a Friday, so it's a morning for press releases. Um, basically, they're announcing their second quarter results, um, which uh, shows that BC Ferries has made money over last year. Uh, a lot of money. Uh, their net earnings over the second quarter results, $95.2 million. Compared to last year, they made $84.5 million. Uh, they do say as a caveat that um, they make more money in the first two quarters of the year than the last two quarters, so it's yet to be seen what the year will be like. But, um, I, you know, it's I guess it's... It's still good news. It's better than having lost money. Yeah, it's a money-making vessel, I guess. <laughs> So now it's time for our weekly feature, Coastal Color, which is a local arts segment produced for us each week by Rabbit Eye. Let's take a look at what's happening in the arts this week and what to do inside to stay dry. Welcome back to Coastal Color. I'm Rabbit Eye for Pal River Arts News for November 25th. There's a play called Those Crazy Ladies in the House on the Corner going on Friday, November 25th and Saturday the 26th at 6.30 p.m. on Texada Island at the Texada Island Gillies Bay Community Hall. The Rock Island Players present the seasonal comedy by Pat Cook. The early showtime means Pal Riverites can take the ferry back at 9 p.m. Weather permitting. In terms of music, there is Joe Stanton Live, Guitar Man, Friday, November 25th at 8 p.m. at that Sugar Vault, 4871 Joyce Avenue. Suggested donation is 10 Joe has performed in the U.S. National Finger Picking Championships and was finalist in the Kerrville Folk Festival's New Folk Songwriting. Find out more at joestanton.com. He's from Half Moon Bay, B.C. Powell River Fine Arts Association annual Christmas sale happens Friday, November 25th from 2 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, November 26th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Timberlane across from the Brooks High School track. The film Arrival, which is a science fiction film starring Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker by Canadian director Denis Villeneuve is opening on Friday, November 25th goes on till Thursday, December 1st, 7 p.m. nightly at the Patricia Theatre. There's a celebration of cultural diversity happening on Saturday, November 26th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's free. It's at the Recreation Complex. There will be food, fun, people, and culture. Volunteer or display your heritage. Call Coco 604-414-3630. This event is a celebration of diverse cultures with international food, performances, displays, a children's corner, demonstrations all coming together to share different cultures. Powell River Community Band has a circus theme show with 
Roy Carson directing on Saturday, November 26th at 2 p.m. at the Max Cameron Theater. Tickets are by donation. The Powell River Poetry Slam happens on Saturday, November 26th from 7 to 9 p.m. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. $5 is suggested donation. This happens at Cranberry Community Hall, 6828 Cranberry Street. To compete, bring three poems. If this is your first slam, please read the full details at prpl.ca. Take 5 is an up-and-coming young band playing on Saturday, November 26th at 7 p.m. with Dinner Beggars Banquet. This is happening at Laughing Oyster in Powell River, 604-483-9775 to reserve. The benefit film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with live Willy Wonka present is happening for two shows, Saturday, November 27th at 1 p.m. and at 3 p.m. again. Admission is by donation to Powell River Film Festival. Wonka Bar tickets are $5 from Eco Essentials, 32 Lakes Coffee, Patricia Theatre, and at Cole's Bookstore. This happens at the Patricia Theatre. This is classic family fun with Gene Wilder. Again, two screenings, 1 and 3 p.m. at the Patricia Theatre. Special appearance by Willy Wonka at 2.30pm. Devin Hanley, pianist, singer, songwriter and guitarist, plays on Sunday, November 27th at 7pm with the Sunday Night Family Banquet at the Laughing Oyster Restaurant. Call 604-483-9775. The 8 8 Anonymous Art Sale goes on at the Pop-Up Library. This is a fundraiser for the new library book collection. This is on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays from 10am to 2pm. This is just above the new library location that is currently under construction, just upstairs at the Crossroads Village Mall. Paint With Me is an evening of fun happening on Tuesday Tuesday, November 29th, 5.30 p.m. at the Carlson Community Club, which is 4463 Joyce Avenue. Come out to the Carlson Club and enjoy a guided Christmas-themed painting evening with artist, instructor, and Clarkson from Fox Club Hollow Studio. The ticket price is $50, includes all painting supplies. The club will have appies and drinks available to buy as well. Maximum 24 tickets sold. Call 604-223-5678 for tickets. There's a Christmas wreath extravaganza happening Wednesday, November 30th, 6 p.m. $50 includes wreath-making supplies and appies. This is happening at the Arc Theater, uh, Gene Pike Center, 7055 Alberni Street. Contact Yvonne at 604-483-1941 for more information or to purchase tickets. Storyteller Ross Rosen with music by Justin Reese happens on Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. at Westview Church. There's a needle felting workshop Thursday, December 1st from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the Power River Public Library. Needle felting is a process using barbed needles to entangle wool fibers to form condensed material called felt. All supplies are provided. Teens and grown-ups welcome. Space and materials are limited, so register in advance. Call 604-483-4796. There's a workshop called The Gift of the Letterpress happening two separate days, two groups, Friday, December 2nd and Saturday, December 3rd from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. It is free. The location is in Cranberry, and the exact location is to be announced. Register at 604-485-8664 or email mmerlino at palriverlibrary.ca. Christmas concert and wassail is happening on Friday, December 2nd at 7.30 p.m. at the Evergreen Theater Recreation Complex. The film Trolls in 3D and 2D happening Friday, December 2nd to Friday, December 9th, 7 p.m. nightly in 3D and 1.30 p.m. matinees on the weekends in 2D at the Patricia Theatre. And that is it for this week's Coastal Color. We'll see you next week. I'm Rabbit Eye. Back to CJMP News. Yeah, thank you, Rabbit Eye. Thank you, who just walked into the studio or he's station, here. I should he's, say. He's here. He's live in the studio. <laughs> he's coming on soon. Soon. Uh, so, Hello. Rabbit Eye was at the... Um, CJMP's annual general meeting last night, as, as well as I. Um, I was not. You were not there. That's okay. That's okay. I I'm was there shaming. in spirit. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, the idea, well, came up that, I mean, I reported on the news show. This is part of a grant that we're doing here. Um, and today, is, I realized, it's our 30th episode. And Peter has been along with, for a number of those. Well, thank you for doing that. Cause it's been fun. Yeah, I'm glad. That's the goal. 30, that's a great a great milestone. For volunteers, it's, it's good to be fun. 
Um, and we've done a lot of segments. I mean, every show we interview about three to four people at least. Some a lot of pe- times people don't get on the air because some you know it doesn't work yeah. sometimes. Um, but anyways, uh, a question came up last night about what is the future of CJMP News, and I kind of said at the beginning of this that if people find value in it, um, then they would contribute, hopefully as sustaining members, um, as uh, volunteers, such as Peter, who likes to come in and do this. Um, uh, I know that, Peter, you've been in radio and TV for quite a while, so this is something that's fun. A long, a long time ago. A long time. But yes, yes, it, it is fun. <laughs> uh, but really, um, if you find what you hear valuable, and I know many of you do, because I've, I've heard uh, when I go out in the community, um, the, some of the responses from the pieces that we play, uh, I just encourage you to sign up as a sustaining member um, because uh, our our ability to move into a more sex- accessible space or even continue programming like this requires that community buy-in. And um, I'm sure a lot of people listening are sustaining members. Um, we have currently 42 sustaining members. We've picked up a few this month. Um, but, I mean, if we can even get to 50, that means we can, you know... Continue to bring locally-based programs well, it, it, here. Yes, and it means we can pay our phone yes. bill, which, I mean, mm. it's yes. pretty... Um, Sometimes it's pretty up in the air about what bills we can pay. This year we've been doing better. Um, but uh, just to keep this a uh, strong community asset, um, be great to know that you're, A, that you're listening, and B, that you care, and three, that you want to throw money at us. Um, so that would be great. It's my spiel. And if you are an annual member, just re- remember, too, that because um, the uh, those expire at our AGM, that happened yesterday, so if you want to renew um, on your own, you can do that and go to our website cjmp.ca thank you now we're going to thank people who contributed this show and Peter Harvey Rabbit Eye and myself and the people that we interviewed and thank you for doing double duty on the soundboard and as well as being my co-host and CGMP News is on every Friday from noon till 1pm and is rebroadcast on Saturdays at 11am the show can also be heard as a podcast along with all of CGMP's live shows at cgmponline.ca slash podcasting We're also on iTunes. Just search CJMP News and subscribe. And up next, and nearly scratching at the door, is Rabbit Eye and 1,000 Tiny Magnets. All right. Thanks, Paul River. Have a good week.